that you'd begin to minister to every heart in life. We thank you for utterance to speak as we ought to speak. We thank you for doors of utterance being opened, that we truly might speak as of the oracles of God. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to us, that truly we might receive into our life the very understanding and wisdom and revelation that only comes from the Holy Spirit of God, that we might live above the fray, that we might live in that abundance of life that you've provided for us. And so we give you all the glory and all the honor, all the praise and thanksgiving for what will be accomplished in every heart and in every life by your word and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, why don't you greet three or four people around you, tell them that you're glad that they're here tonight, and you can be seated. Thank you, Lord. Youth, you can be dismissed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I have a little extra something, something going on here. I don't sure we're working on some things here, but um, I might really be able to get my bass voice going. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, welcome. It's good to see you all. We're glad everybody who's joining us online tonight. Uh, we're so grateful and so thankful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I'm having a little bit of, I don't know what I'm having, but it's kind of thrown my thinking off a little bit. <laughs> so praise the Lord. See if we can get that worked out. Glory to God. I know they're working on it. Amen. Well, um, praise the Lord. Don't forget about some things that are, are coming up. And uh, Jesse Duplantis is coming up. Joe Morris is coming up. Uh, we have prayer. Um, maybe we'll just turn this ba- the lows out. That might help us a little bit. Got some roar in here. Um, praise God. And so, uh, got Joe Morris coming up. Got a lot of things uh, for your benefit and, and to help you. And so, um, glory to God. If you weren't here, if you weren't here this morning, you weren't prepared with your local church tithes and offerings. I want to give you an opportunity to give. If you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're given by cash or debit or credit card. Raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. We're always thankful uh, for your giving. Uh, Things that, uh, you know, are just going on really around the world. We're about to take a a team, if you were here this morning, a team to the Middle East to minister uh, to people there. Um, Had people born again in in the Meeker campus this last week. Give their life to the Lord. Amen. And not just simply in the church service, but uh, the congregation out where they're working, where they're living, sharing Jesus with people, uh, bringing them, leading them to the Lord themselves. And so uh, that's awesome. Praise the Lord. Uh, Just ministering here and there in the jail at the extended table, different things going on with the youth and the children. And so we're so thankful for your giving. It allows us to continue uh, to minister the word and uh, the spirit uh, to people all around. And so glory to God. All right. Well, we're ready to give. Father, we thank you for every opportunity that we have uh, to give, and uh, we're so grateful. We're so thankful for the covenant that we have with you, that as we uh, bring our tithes and our offerings, we are declaring that we have a covenant, that everything that we have belongs to you, and the reciprocal of that is everything you have belongs to us. So you just declared to your people as they would acknowledge that covenant in their tithes and offerings that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there would not be room enough to receive it. And so we command the blessings of the word of God upon each and every one. We thank you that you supply every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so we thank you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can pass those buckets. Open your Bibles with me to Romans, the fifth chapter. Romans, the fifth chapter. I want to just uh, uh, crack the shell open uh, this evening as we are uh, really endeavoring uh, to follow uh, God in in a move of the Spirit of God. We've been praying. We are seeing all over the world uh, sprinklings and and, uh, things happening concerning an outpouring or a move of God, revival, uh, a number of different things that you want to, people will, will name it and talk about. Uh, what's going on. Some people, because of the new movie that's out, are, are looking for a new revolution, a Jesus revolution. And so all these things are tremendous in, this, in the moving of the Spirit of God, bringing them together. And so we know as God begins to move in hearts and lives and God begins to do things that, uh, you know, the enemy won't just sit back and 
say, well, isn't this fantastic? Um, and really, you know, from the standpoint that we begin to understand what God is doing, he's doing something. First of all, he begins with what he's done in Christ Jesus, not just for you, but in you. And so really it begins in us and then it begins to spread out. It begins in us individually. We come together as a, a, a corporate body of believers, as many people around uh, the, the valley for us in the region for us come together. Uh, there's things that are going on. And so many times uh, uh, there's so much going on in the world today, so much going on in the media today, so much going on because of the enemy. Uh, his strategies come against the family, come against us personally and all those things. Then there's really something to understanding who we are in Christ, certainly, but that we are called to reign in life. We're called to reign in life. Thank you for your enthusiasm. We are called to reign in life. We're created to reign in life. And so, again, being a pastor, living, being a human being on the earth, so many times we begin to realize if we're awake, if we're, we're alive to what is going on in our life, we start to find out sometimes, many times, not, not every single person, not in every way, but we begin to find out that there are things that are reigning in our life. Right? Or they're reigning over our life. And most of the times, you know, we could blame a, a lot of big things, you know, wow, the politics of the day, they got me nervous and they got me afraid, or, or you know, uh, these people over here doing this or that. But really, it begins really within us. And so, you know, just in talking to people, just being there, you can start to find out whether or not their thought life is reigning over them. Right? Thoughts are reigning over them. They can't, they can't seem to control their thoughts. Yet at the same time as believers, part of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. The ability to reign, uh, have our spirit man grow and develop to reign over thoughts. Right, And so Paul said this to the Corinthian church, that we're, we should be able to capture or captivate every thought that's not in line with the obedience of Christ, to capture every thought. So we have trouble with that because we think we're thinking that. <laughs> we're like, how do, how do I control that? I'm thinking that. But really, you know, it begins, and, and I'll start to break down as I do, and I'll get too far, and, and this will explode into something that I don't really want it to be. But, uh, so we're not talking about spirit, soul, and body, but it amazes me at different times. Uh, certainly it amazes me and myself. Sometimes I look in the mirror and go, man, well, how did you get uh, even tweaked a little bit off of that, your understanding? But spirit, soul, and body. And so the real us is our spirit man. And we reign in life from our spirit man. So Paul said this. Paul said, I, meaning me, the spirit man in me, I buffet my body. Lest after I preach the word of God, I would become a castaway. In other words, that my body, my fleshly man, would desire things that would take me off track. So I, my spirit man, has to reign over my natural man, my carnal, my fleshly man, has to reign over that to bring that under control or under subjection. He said, I bring my body, my natural desire, I, the spirit man, the real me, bring my body under subjection or under the authority to my spirit man, right? And so when our thoughts begin to run in disobedience to Christ, I, the spirit man within me needs to be strong enough to captivate those thoughts and to reign over those thoughts so we don't let our, our flesh reign over us. We don't let our thoughts reign over us, but we develop spiritually so that we are reigning in life. And so we're reigning over life, we're reigning over situations of life, but many times we just want to say, well, I want to I reign over or control this particular situation of my life but we're not reigning, we're not first captivating the thoughts that are governing the control that that area has over our life, right? So, so we recognize that a lot over in the past couple of years. We could bring that to, uh, volume down for me just a little bit. Um, I know they're, they're always working. Don't you appreciate them? Give them a hand. It's always... <clears throat> Y'all don't know this, but sometimes they turn it down, and then I'm pressing my voice. Somebody texts him, turn him up, turn him down, turn him up. Um, but right at that point, I'm, I'm hearing myself too much. And so, uh, 
You know, some people say you just want to hear yourself talk. I don't want to hear myself talk that much. Uh, <laughs> but again, so all in all, you know, we have a great knowledge of God, what God wants to do. We're in the middle of a, uh, uh, or not the middle, but really I believe the beginnings of a worldwide revival outpouring of the Spirit of God. And in our praying and different things that we've been doing, we have corporate prayer uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning. It seems to keep coming back in prayer that God is setting assignments. He's setting assignments, divine appointments. Even we've been praying, praying, uh, you know, in the spirit, coming out and saying, you know, watch your calendars. Begin, you know, just speaking out in, in the spirit as we pray. Watch your calendars, watch your calendars. You don't want to miss a divine appointment. If you get your life too busy, you might be too busy to make an appointment. But there's divine appointments, right? Y'all are looking at me like a calf at a new gate. Come on, there's some things that are going to go on as we continue to develop and we see what God is doing. God's going to make divine appointments and there's divine assignments. And so as we understand that, God is bringing us into places. You may already be positioned in that place for a divine assignment. He's bringing us as light bearers into the midst of dark places. He's making appointments where there's people who are hurting and lost that, that don't know where they're going. And he's bringing you as a light bearer to bring healing, to bring revelation of what Jesus has done. And so there's these places of, uh, of divine appointments. But if we're being reigned over by all the circumstances of life, we'll miss our appointments. We won't understand our assignments. And really much of that is going to be what the, I believe the move of the Spirit of God is, is believers being aware of where they are, what they're doing, not, not, not wishing they were somewhere else, but realizing I am where I am because I followed God into this place. And God has a divine assignment for me. And how I think about this assignment will either cause me to reign over it or I will reign over it or, or it will reign over me. You know, God could put you in somewhere, and it totally occupy you and reign over you. Right. We, we've said that for a number of years. God is preparing you for that which he's prepared for you. So when you arrive at that place, in other words, God's bringing you into a bigger place. I know some people are like, ah, I don't want a bigger place yet. But, you know, we're moving at the speed of life said this, you know this if you've been with us a long time, we're moving at the speed of life. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In other words, tomorrow's coming. You may wish it didn't come, but it's coming. And you can either be prepared for tomorrow and occupy tomorrow, or tomorrow will come and it will occupy you. And how you look at that, you can get to the end of the day and go, my God, ha, huh, hit, God, do something. Today was just terrible. Or you can say, man, with everything that was in today, thank you, Lord Jesus, for guiding me, directing me, strengthening me. Because there was a lot of trouble in today, but man, we overcame that trouble. And I'm putting my head to the pillow restful today because we reigned over the situations of life. And that's what God wants for us, is to end the day and say, that situation, that day, that circumstance did not reign over me. I reigned over it. That's what God wants for you. And you say, well, why doesn't God do that? Because he's called us to do it. He's given us authority. He's given us authority. Amen. So Romans chapter 5. We'll just get started with this. And we'll see how it goes. All right. I know for some it, it seems repetitious, but I believe that it's very critical and crucial uh, right now to the day that we live in. Romans chapter 5, verse 17, he says, for if by one man's offense death reigned, in other words, that separation from God, sin came in. He explains it. You can study Romans chapter 5. He explains that. If you wonder why things are happening, you can go back and realize that Adam's sin brought, allowed sin into the earth. And after Adam, every man fell into that place. And death or separation from God was reigning or sin was reigning. It was controlling. It was acting as king over your life. And it did it just through Adam, through one. But he says, if it reigned through one, much more those who receive. Somebody say receive. receive. So it's not just going to happen. There's some things that you're going to have to understand and receive into your life. Amen. 
So God's done some things, right? So, uh, um, you know, as God's done some things, if I said, you know, I want you to have this iPad. Now, if I let go of this right now, it's going to fall right on the floor. So what's he saying? In his action right now, he's saying, I don't really want the iPad. But if you want the iPad, act like you want the iPad. All right. So then what? He has to reach out and receive it. And so even as Christians so many times, we know this, but we get into a habit of like, okay, God, this is what you want. You're having a move of God. Well, you just do whatever. But it says right here, if we're going to reign in life, there's some things that we have to receive. In other words, they're available to us. God's made them available by Christ, through Christ Jesus, but we're going to have to receive them. So often, you know, we've come into a culture, we're expecting somebody to do it for us. So Jesus has already done everything for us, but now what he's done for us, we have to receive it. So he says, for those, uh, those who receive. In other words, there's some people who won't receive it, but for those who do receive it. For those who reach out spiritually and grab a hold of it and say, it's mine, I have it now, I'm, I'm bringing that into my life. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Will reign in life. One translation says will reign uh, as kings, will reign as kings in life through one Jesus Christ. And so we want to actually know what this looks like. We know that the kingdom of God has really been brought to us, but God's original intent for us. So turn over to uh, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Praise the Lord. And so, you know, pertaining to healing, F.F. Bosworth said this. He said, faith begins where the will of God is known. And subsequently, the power of God can only be claimed where the will of God is known. So in this area, we may know some things. We may be able to quote some things. But if tomorrow and throughout the week, thoughts and desires pull you away, then we don't know it. We may be able to quote it, but God wants us to know it intellectually, then he wants the Spirit of God to make it alive to us, then he wants to make it life to us, so now it's not just we know we should reign in life, but experientially we know that we are reigning in life. Well, how do we know that we're reigning in life? Because that thought came, and by the Spirit of God, I knew how to captivate that thought and bring it into the obedience of what Christ has done. And so now that thought that came to reign over my day did not reign over my day. I experienced the ability to reign over it rather than it reign over me. And the more we experience that, the more we'll walk in it. But unfortunately, we won't ask for a show of hands, We don't have that much experience in that because we've known that it should happen, but we continually are being reigned over instead of reigning over. So you can just think about that for a moment instead of just getting mad at me. Think about how many days thoughts come, ideas come, desires come, and pull you off track. They seem to dominate your whole day. Or fighting them fighting against those thoughts governs your whole day. Well, I was just, the enemy was attacking and I was fighting. Well, God didn't intend for you to fight it all day. He intended for you to be able to reign over it, for me to be able to reign over it. Wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like, instead of things coming and you worrying about them all day, that when they come, you just say, nope. I take a hold of you. My spirit man takes a hold of you, thought. You're not, I'm going to examine you. You're not in the obedience of Christ. You're out of here. And that's it. That thought doesn't come back all day long. Doesn't bother you. You don't worry about it all day long. That thought that you might die tomorrow, that thought that that sickness might rain, you know, kill you. Just, it, it doesn't exist. It doesn't rain over you all day long. And then if it, gets all, if it gets all today, it'll work to come back tomorrow and the next day. So then we live in days like that, weeks like that, months like that. It's not even God's intention for us, never was and never will be. And so uh, in 
uh, Genesis in chapter 1, and um, praise the Lord, um, you all know this, God created us this way, hallelujah, thank you Lord, got to figure out exactly where I'm where I want to jump in. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over all the cattle, over everything that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, now be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Subdue it and have dominion. In other words, that, that, that word dominion means to take hold of. It means to reign or to reign over. So from the very beginning, God's intention was for you and I to reign over life, not be reigned over by life. To reign over in life. Amen. So what does that look like? Turn over to uh, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, uh, the 6th chapter. Praise the Lord. Matthew, the sixth chapter, and the 33rd verse. So Jesus is saying this to them. He said, you know, prior to this, you can read it, but he says, uh, you know, why are you worrying every day? He said, why are you worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on? All these things in the natural, why are you consumed by all of those things? Those who don't know me, I'm just, I'm going to paraphrase, those who don't know me or those who don't have a covenant with me, that's what they do. They worry about all those things. But Jesus said, if you'll seek first, somebody say first. First, not second, not third, not fourth, not fifth, not after the world has overwhelmed you, overtaken you, reigned over you. Then you think, well, maybe I should seek God in this. No, he said very first of all, before you think about uh, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on, how the day is going to go, what's going on in the economy, what's going on in the politics, what's going on in Facebook, who said what on Facebook, before any of that, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. So he says, seek first the kingdom of God. Begin to set your mind on where the king has dominion. So Jesus said this, the kingdom of God is within you. He said, you're looking for the kingdom. They were saying, where's the kingdom going to be set up? Is it going to be set up in Jerusalem? Where's the kingdom going to be set up? And he said, listen, the kingdom of God will not come by observation in how it's set up. The kingdom of God is among you. And then he said, the kingdom of God is in you. And so what he's saying to us and what he was declaring to us as believers is that what we've said in the morning, that mystery hidden from the ages, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So now just follow this train of thought with me. Don't get bored with it for a moment because I'm trying to help us all to, to by next Sunday, we come in praising God because we've been reigning over life. We don't come in and go, oh boy, I hope he has something good to say today. I hope the worship's good today because I've really had a bad week. Right, man, life has really been running me over this week. No, we come in saying, listen, man, I captivated life this week. I captivated, the enemy came, and I'm, I'm just ready to get together with fellow believers and praise God, amen, and have a testimony of what God has been doing. And so when we ask Jesus to be the Lord of our life, Again, misconception, most of you know this, but again, something to think about so that we can really uh, begin to identify the Holy Spirit can give us greater wisdom and understanding concerning it. We can, we can begin to apply it. When we prayed that prayer, Jesus, be Lord of my life, we weren't just saying, okay, God, I realize that I'm going to hell when I die, and I certainly don't want to do that. So uh, I'm going to pray this prayer, and when I'm done... I'm going to go to heaven when I die. Well, that's, that's good in its merit, but that's really not why Jesus died. Thank God there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I understand that. But Jesus died, the Bible says, to reconcile us to himself. And so we're not just saying, save me from eternal condemnation or hell. 
We're saying, come be the Lord of my life. Come into my heart and be the master or be the king of my life. So now I gave him permission to come in and lord over or reign over my life. Now what he says is I'm going to come in there, but I'm going to teach you. Since there's so many outside forces, I'm going to teach you by the Holy Spirit from within how you can reign through me in life. In other words, I'm not going to jump out of your body and take care of that situation. Together in this union, you are going to speak my words to that situation. You are going to stretch forth my hand in that situation. You are going to begin to see how in me being Lord, my kingdom set up in you, you are going to reign as kings in life in Jesus Christ so that you begin to recognize. You begin to recognize, wait a minute, this thing does not have a place to be reigning over my life. I'll reign over it. Right? This doesn't have a place to reign over me. This can't tell me what to do. Right? Plenty of you in your marriages, you could stand up to your spouse. You're not telling me what to do. And that causes a little bit of trouble. But yet we won't let our spouse tell us what to do, but we'll let the enemy through thoughts tell us what to do every single day and not give another thought. We just think, well, I can't control that. Well, I can tell my husband to shut up. I can tell my wife to shut up. And then we never tell that voice of the enemy within us to shut up. And certainly when we tell our spouse to be quiet, we expect him to be quiet. You're not going to... I just expect, stop it right now, or we're going to have an argument. So we, we, we think I got that authority just to say that. But then we don't even take that same authority. And we actually have more authority over the thoughts that come than we do actually over our spouse. That's why we get so frustrated when they don't do what we say. Right? But God wants us to understand you have absolute authority over those things to reign in life. Amen. So he said, we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto us. Luke chapter uh, uh, 22, or Luke chapters 12, verse 32, says this, that it's God's good pleasure, God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In other words, he wants you to see how you reign over the situation, the thoughts, the desires of life, so that as you reign over them, you get to experience not what they have determined that you will be and think and say, but you get to determine through the word of God and the spirit of God how things are going to be in life. All right, praise the Lord. So Romans chapter 14, Romans chapter 14. Hallelujah. It'll be great even when we know that even the baric metric pressure cannot uh, dominate our thoughts and our moods. <laughs> the cloudy days cannot dampen the sunshine in your life. Amen. So he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So many times we get off track and we begin to struggle about that. So he wants me to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What does that look like? Well, he tells us right here in Romans chapter 14. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So I just want you to examine this, want you to pay attention to this, highlight this, underline this, meditate on this just a little bit. As you get going through life, as you have a troublesome day, which I know the enemy will come and cause you to try to, to, to reign over your life, then think about this for a moment. What's going on in my life? Is, that, is what's going on in my life right now producing peace in my life? Or is it bringing anxiety? Is what's going on in my life right now producing joy or is it depressing me and making me sad? 
Is what's going on in my life making me feel closer to God or feel like God's not with me? Is this too simple for you all? Should we shift gears? But what I found most of the time, right here, the kingdom of God. So we're, we're trying to, you know, every now and then just put on and make everything look religious and say we, got, we know the kingdom of God. But he said, no, focus on the, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? He said that if you receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, righteousness must have a ton to do with the kingdom of God. It must have a lot to do with reigning in life, right? Because he keeps saying that. But if he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and I'm seeking first the kingdom of God, but something in my day is taking away from my joy, then that is reigning over my life because the kingdom of God is joy. The way to have dominion over the things of the enemy is through joy and rejoicing. The joy of the Lord is my strength to overcome. Man, the things in my day, they don't give me peace. I've got all kinds of anxiety. Then you're not seeking the kingdom because it's the enemy ruling over you because the kingdom of God is peace. Peace begins to rule in your heart. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when anxiety begins to come and, and begin to push out peace, then you're allowing something else to have dominion and reign in your life. Anxiety's reigning. Stress is reigning. Worry is reigning. If we realize that, we say, wait a minute, stop right there. The kingdom of God is within me. And the kingdom of God isn't whether I go to church or not. The kingdom of God is not that, that I'm not partaking of, uh, of this or that. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so right now this anxiety and peace is trying to separate me from the God that I serve. And it's destroying It's starting to reign over my life. And so now this worry and this stress and this sadness makes me feel like where is God in my life? It tells us right there, we're being dominated, we're not taking dominion. And there's just too much even in the church of things that are happening, things that we're setting our mind on, things that we're allowing our thought life to meditate on, to think about, that are getting us upset, getting us worried, stealing our joy, stealing our peace, causing us to operate separate from God. And then we're wondering why it seems like life is just taking over and we're moving with the courses of life. But he said the people of the world are like this. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus and he said, listen, you were once this way. You once followed the dictates of this world. You followed the course of the world. Wherever the world was going, whether the world was going in COVID, whether it was going in political upheaval, whether it's going in financial distress, you're going with it. He says you were once that way, but you're no longer that way. You're not led by the course of this world that's dictated by the prince of the power of the air. We are now led by the spirit of the living God. He's given us power and understanding how to reign over those things in life. But we must know how to reign in life. We must know where the kingdom of God is and that it's on the inside of us. So it's more and more important in the day that we live in to know who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. Amen. Who Christ is in us. In us. And so God restored to us that which was lost. He created us for dominion. We see in Genesis chapter 3, we know that the fall of man, that they fell from that place. So throughout the old covenant, we see that there was priests who were anointed to approach God on behalf of the people. And then there were kings who would rule in life. But God said, you know what? It's never been my desire that just one person be able to come to me on behalf of many. It's never been my desire that one person would rule anointed by me over many. But it would be my desire that each individual would be able to do that. Turn over to Revelation, the fifth chapter. Revelation, the fifth chapter. The eighth verse. It says, now... 
When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll to open its seals for you were slain and you have, have already redeemed us unto God by your blood. We talked about that this morning. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have already made us kings and priests unto our God and we shall reign on the earth. We shall reign on the earth. That's God's intention, that you and I reign as kings and priests. And so where we, in the past, in the old covenant, people weren't anointed. They were, one single person was anointed, or, or they, people were anointed to be kings and priests. But now he said, I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to anoint you as priests. In other words, you can come into my presence. I'm going to anoint you as king. You're going to have authority over your life in the earth, kings and priests unto our God, so that you can reign on the earth. Amen. There may be a bigger picture, certainly, as the body of Christ, we rise up, we begin, you know, in the last of the last days or in the millennial uh, reign of Christ that we're reigning, but right now, right now is a picture of us reigning on the earth, not being reigned over. Amen. So turn over to 1 Peter for just a minute. 1 Peter chapter 2. He said, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He said, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a group of king priests to God. You're anointed to reign. You're anointed to go into his presence. You're anointed by God. You're a peculiar people. Right? You're a peculiar people. Most of you could look at somebody next to you. In fact, do that. Look next to you and say, you're peculiar. <laughs> you wanted to do that anyway. You wanted to tell people you're a little strange anyway. But no, that just really means, this peculiar means this, that really, you know, after, after you get your paycheck, this might be a touchy subject, but after you get your paycheck and you pay your uh, light bills, your gas bills, you pay your mortgage, uh, you pay those necessities and you're like, ha, 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 there's money after the end of the bills. That is peculiar. That is now yours. It's your peculiar possession. It doesn't belong to the electric company. It doesn't belong to the mortgage company. It's yours that you have. That's really what that word means. After everything in life, you belong to him. You are his peculiar, unique possession. So that when you understand that I'm his, he's mine, you can proclaim praises because you don't, you're not something that's owed back to the flesh. You're not trying to pay off the sin that you committed, right? All that's been paid, now you are his peculiar possession. So next time you have some change in your pocket and you say, ha, this is mine, I can do with it whatever I want to. I can get coffee today if I want to. I might not want to, but I can because I have this money and it's mine. Next time that comes to you, think, hmm, this is exactly who I am to him. I'm not owed anywhere. I'm not struggling anywhere. I'm his. And he's mine. And so now I can do and be whatever he wants me to be. Because I don't owe my flesh anything. I don't owe sin anything. My life isn't doled out in debt, but I'm his own peculiar possession. Amen. We're royal priests and kings unto our God. Amen. And so we reign on the earth. So how are we going to do that? Turn over to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Hallelujah. 
you all, I mean, this is, we've seemed like we've been here for a long time, but we've only been here for 10 minutes. It's only eight minutes after six. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're just getting started. Everything went in real fast time. You see, when you get in the spirit, things just go by. I mean, in the flesh, it just seems like you're there forever. But in the spirit, boom, there's no time. There's no. First <laughs> John chapter 4. Come on, First John chapter 4. He's talking about some things here. You can study this. I just want to get this into our thinking tonight. He says, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Overcome them what? These spirits that are in the world. The spirits that begin to work on you. The spiritual forces that are anti-Christ. Okay, I'll come over here and say this. The spiritual forces in the world that are anti-Christ. Right? So we, we get to thinking about the Antichrist, the person, the Antichrist. But what John's trying to explain to us here is, yes, there will be a day when this Antichrist comes in to endeavor to set up his kingdom. But the spirit of Antichrist is in the earth. So stay with me. We're reigning in life. We're about to get to that. But Paul goes back in understanding agreement with John here to say there's a spirit of antichrist in the world. What's that spirit of antichrist doing? He's trying to start to rule over your thinking in thoughts and imaginations that are disobedient or anti-Christ. Things that cause you worry, cause you stress, steal your peace, and steal your joy. Boy, we're, oh, watch out for the Antichrist. But we're not even paying attention to the spirit of Antichrist. We're letting things that are totally in disobedience to what Jesus Christ has done for us dominate our thought life and begin to reign over us. And we say, listen, wait a minute, wait a minute. If we ever thought for a second, oh, that's the Antichrist, we would freak out. But it's the same spirit, anti-Christ. This, this thought is anti to what Christ has done for me, so I need to grab it and throw it down. Well, how am I going to do that, Pastor Mark? Well, I'm glad that you asked. It's right here. You are of God, little children, and you've overcome them. Overcome them what? Those spirits of anti-Christ. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So in the world, there's this flow of anti-Christ thinking. Anti-Christ in you thinking. So because there's that thinking, we have all kinds of mental issues that are going on because more and more the anti-Christ thinking is dominating the world and it's confusing people and it's causing all kinds of mental illness. And so even... As people of God, we start to get confused. We need to understand. It shouldn't be ruling over us, but we grab a hold of it. We understand it. We begin to say, greater is he that's in me. I'm more conscious of he that's in me than all that's around me. And trying to evaluate everything around me and the whys and the hows and if so's and all that can't be answered by the circumstances around you. Because about the time you say, why is this happening? Something else will happen. You'll say, now this is happening. And why is this happening? And why do I feel this way? And what's going on with me? And pretty soon you're just like, huh. And the end of that conversation in your own mind really comes to this end is God even real? Is God even here? God, if you are, why is this happening? Which is really unproductive thinking. Because he is here. He has done something in Christ. But the enemy knows if you ever get a hold of that, 
He's done reigning over your life. And done reigning over my life. So one of the first things that we need to get a hold of if we're going to reign in life is that the greater one, the greater one. So when you look at a situation of life that seems so big, wow, you don't understand the situation in my life. It's big. But the greater one. Oh yeah, but you don't know how big it is. But the greater one. Oh, I know that, but it's really big. But he's greater. So no matter how big you magnify your situation, greater is he that is in you. Well, you don't know what I'm dealing with. But greater is he. Yeah, but you don't understand the problem. But greater is he. See, the enemy wants you to look out here and say, this is great. So this is so big and I'm so small that then it can immediately have dominion and begin to reign. But the moment we say, that's a big deal. We're not talking about denial. We're saying, well, that's a big deal. But greater is he. God's not going to come out of heaven somewhere. The power of God's going to come out of me. The authority of God's going to come out of me. The word of God's going to come out of me to speak to this situation. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So what we're conscious of, we'll experience. And that's what John's saying. Can you ever, with everything that's going on in the world, with the spirits of the world being anti-Christ, can you be more conscious of Christ in you than the anti-Christ thinking that's in the world? And John is saying, absolutely you can. How many of you want to have a revival? We're talking about revival. I know you're not running and shouting right now, but we're talking about having a revival in your own bedroom. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Paige, stop thinking that way. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> in your own home, in the morning when you wake up and you're like, oh, I got to get up and I got to go to work today. All of a sudden you're like, no, we're not thinking that way. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Because today I'm going to reign in life through one Jesus Christ. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Praise the Lord. So we're born of God. Turn over to 1 John chapter 5. All right, we're getting ready to wrap this up. Just want to plant some thoughts in your mind by the word of God. 1 John chapter 5. Starting in verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves him who also begot, also loves him who is begotten. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Somebody needs to highlight that and underline that. Oh, man, I'm trying so hard to do what God wants me to do. He says, listen, when the life of God's in you, it's not a burden to do what God's asked you to do. What's his number one commandment? Does anybody know? Love, that's good. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. But that's all right. I, I was with you. I was actually tracking um, with loving one another. Amen. We love one another. Well, it's so hard to love people. He said, now listen, you need to get a hold of that. Because when he tells you to love people and it's burdensome, you're not quite to the victory side yet. So I need to get to that victory side. He said, the only way you're going to do that is to know that Jesus dwells in you. Greater is he that's in me than that person that it's being hard to love. And whatever is born of God, verse 4, overcomes the world. Somebody say overcomes. Overcome. Come on, what's he saying? Now, if you've overcome the world, that means you're reigning over it. It's not over, reigning over you. It's overcome the world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith. 
Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, he's putting it in this place where I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. But if you believe that Jesus is who he said he is, and you've made him the Lord of your life, he's not only the Son of God, but now the Son of God lives in you and has made you a Son of God. And so now if I really believe that, that's the victory that overcomes the world. Christ in me. My hope of the glory of God. Christ in me, my expectation of the greater one living in me. So the circumstances in the world, the greater one lives on the inside of me. By the Spirit of God, Christ lives in you. If Christ lives in you, God and Christ are one. Who is God? God is the Almighty. The Almighty. The Almighty God. Whew. Come on, there's nothing mightier than God. Nothing greater than God. That's why praise is so important. Come magnify the Lord with me. We've been magnifying our problem and wonder why it's raining over us. The moment we magnify God and we all of a sudden see, well, he's the almighty God. He created all the heavens and the earth and everything that in them is. He made all this universe. He made everything that is and was and will be. Uh, He's, man, he's, he's, he's got some things on the ball. And if that one lives on the inside of me, and he created all this to function as it functions, my situation can probably be brought into order. If he can put the stars and the moon and the planet all in orbit, in order, and make them work, and not have catastrophic results, if he can put me on the earth that's spinning as fast as it's spinning and me not fly off of that, I'm sure that he could bring a little bit of order to my situation. You can think that, but when you get it down on the inside of you and it chaos starts to come and you're like, oh my God. And since then, oh my God, why? You say, oh my God, it's time for the greater one to start. Because when we say, oh my God, do something, we're thinking all this out here, all this out here running my life and all that God out there should come into this situation. And so now we're working hard to get God out there to come into here. But instead, all this stuff that's going on right here, all of a sudden we say, oh my God, greater is he that's in me than this is going on right now. That consciousness of that. And so we have to realize one thing. All right, I'm ready to wrap up here. Just give you these couple of scriptures. Somebody, I don't know who that was. I'm ready to wrap up. They went, hmm. Like, really? Not really. All right. Romans <laughs> chapter 8. Verse 31. Listen to this. What then shall we say to these things? What then shall we say to these things? What are you going to say to things that come to try to reign over your life? Ah, what are you going to say? What should we say to these things? Come on, I'm just trying to help you. What should you say to this thing? Tomorrow, when something comes, you go to work and something comes that starts to occupy you, what should you say to that thing? He says right here, listen, if God is for us, then who could be against us? More literally, it says, since God is for you, who could successfully be against you? If God did not withhold his only son, how would he not with him freely give you everything? In the face of whatever adversity, he said, listen, not only is God in me, God is on my side. God's for me. God's not against me. Now, when I know God's for me, God's got some stuff to back that, that, that up. Right? As Jim made reference of there, you know, the prophet is there, his servant's there, and, and all of a sudden the, the, the enemy's camp is, an army is surrounding them, and the, the servant goes out and is like, oh, my God, we're going to die. Have you looked outside lately? <laughs> What are we going to do? And the prophet said, you know what? There's more that be for us 
them be against us. I can just imagine the servant just going, what? You need to look outside the tent because we're surrounded by the armies. What are you going to say, prophet? What are you going to say to these things? The army's surrounding us. He said, there's more that be for us than be against us. In other words, what did he say? Since God is for us, who could be against us? And then he prayed. He said, God, would you just please open his eyes? And he went outside and saw the chariots of heaven. And he went, there's more that be for us than be against us. Come on, the enemy, he'll, he'll, he'll mount an array to go, oh, my God. Wow, there's so much here. But to realize there's more that be for us than be against us. Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 5, he says, let your uh, conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things that you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Really different expositors say this when you study that, you know, when they translated this, they just put it there. You're like, okay. But when you read this, it actually means this, the import of the words, that he will never, ever, 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 ever leave you. And he will never, ever, 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 ever forsake you. God's on my side. God's with me. He's not just with me. He's in me. Everything, all the forces of heaven, because they respond to that name and who he is, the Lord of all, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that one by his spirit lives on the inside of me. And if he's the King of kings and he's the King of heavenly armies and he's for me, then who in the world could be against me? Because all of heaven is arrayed for me, not against me. So we may boldly say. He didn't say boldly think. He said he wants it to get down on the inside of us. When things are going on that are trying to reign over us, thoughts are trying to reign over us, circumstances are trying to reign over us, desires are pulling us away from God, that we realize God's not out there somewhere and I'm trying to figure this out myself, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world that I look at the circumstance and I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. I will boldly say, God is on my side. I cannot be denied. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Praise the Lord. I'm drawing strength from my inner man by the Holy Spirit of God. I'm drawing on the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ for the kingdom of God. I reign in life because I've received grace, the empowerment of God to stand, the favor of God that rests upon my life, the influence of the spirit of the living God within me that's moving outward in a reflection through my life. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ caused me to reign in life. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm being strengthened with might and power in my inner man because I reign from the inside out. I'm not reigned from the outside in. I'm reigning from the inside out. And I begin to captivate those things that are against me and take them captive and bring them into the obedience of Christ. Because he's called me to reign in life or reign over the circumstances of my life with him. That I might be victorious and experience the victory that I have in Christ. A revival of the understanding of overcoming situations of life. And a revelation of that, I believe, is coming as we have a revival coming upon the earth. That that understanding of those things that come against you daily, come against me daily, that we've learned to just allow to reign, allow to stay in our thinking, allow to be a circumstance hindering our life. That the revelation that it is not allowed anymore. It won't be tolerated anymore. 
Man, I'm telling you, the enemy's afraid. Somebody, he's talking to some people right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, good Sunday service. Well, no, it's not just to be a good Sunday service. It's to be implanted in your heart. And he knows that if it is, and you stop tolerating it, you're going to live in a form of victory you've not lived in for years. That that thing in your thought, that thing in your life, that circumstance, that wound, that hurt, it's dominated you every time it comes up, that you're saying, no, no longer is this going to be greater. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The word of God is my guide for life. Not the words that somebody has said to me in the past. Not something that somebody said to put me down or to govern me. No longer is that going to dominate my life. What was said that I was useless, that I wasn't worthy, that I was terrible, that I was mean, that I wasn't good enough, I wasn't smart enough. No longer is that going to reign over my life. But what God has said about me is going to reign over my life. No longer is the mistakes that I've made going to reign over my life and thinking I'll never achieve it because I've made too many mistakes. No, I've forgiven and God reigns in my life. I'm just putting my foot down in the name of Jesus. The greater one lives on the inside of me. This stuff from the outside, this stuff from the past, these thoughts in my life no longer are going to have ascendancy to reign over me. Greater is he that is in me. The word of God takes precedence. The voice of the spirit leads and guides me. And I begin to put the enemy under my feet. The thoughts under my feet. And when I do, my body's going to start to respond and health and healing is going to arise. Health, sickness is not going to dominate my life anymore. Emotions aren't going to dominate my life anymore. It's a decision that we have to make to know, and to boldly say, the Lord is on my side. And since he's for me, no one, nothing, no strategy of the enemy could successfully be against me. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for words of life. Not to be just spoken, but to be heard with spiritual ears. As we open our ears to hear what you're saying, Holy Spirit, that this night you awaken things on the inside of each and every one of us. You awaken, you stir up that king. That one who won't settle for small things reigning. A king doesn't let just the small things of life reign. So I thank you that there's an awakening to that king priest on the inside of us. The anointing that we have from the Holy One. To strengthen each one that as we go into this week, we capture thoughts. We bring our emotions under control. We discipline our bodies, knowing that the real us, the spirit man within us, is full of the life and the spirit of the living God. With all of his strength, with all of his might, with all of his power, to cause us to overcome these areas that have been reigning over our thoughts, desires that have been reigning over our, uh, our bodies, Emotion that has been reigning over our relationships. Teach us. Move us, Holy Spirit. Cause each one to be strengthened with your mighty power in their inner man. That we truly understand in a greater measure that grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we understand the kingdom or the rule is in righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. If we receive the abundance of that grace and that gift of righteousness, we will reign. So we thank you for a revelation and an understanding of that as we leave this place and go into our day. That we, we will be reigning as kings in life throughout this week. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand up? Stretch your hands out here. We want to pray over these prayer cloths real quick. Hallelujah. All right. This is for Jerry, who has an irregular heartbeat. And uh, 
This one is for Charlene. Um, she has pancreatic conditions, a, a depression, needs a revelation of the salvation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Stretch out your hands here. Father, we thank you so much right now. In the name of Jesus, thank you for the blood. The blood that you shed when you bore stripes upon your back. To purchase our healing with your own precious blood. We thank you that that anointing saturates these cloths. Just as in Acts chapter 19, when these cloths come in contact with these bodies, I thank you that anointing will be released and begin to affect the very source of illness, of depression. God, I thank you that a revelation of your person and your mighty power would come to Charlene through a manifestation of your anointing that comes into her life as it's released into her body. God, we thank you. Even now, God, we speak to Jerry's body. We thank you that there is no time or space, just as Jesus spoke the word. The, the centurion servant was healed that very hour. We speak to Jerry's body right now. Father, we command his whole circulatory system and his heart to come in line with the word of God. His heart would begin to beat correctly. His heart would be strong and healthy. If there's anything that, that is not a right there, that you make it right even now. All of his arteries open and clear. All of his veins taking circulation to all, every part of his body, his extremities, God. Thank you for a strong heart, a heart that beats in time as it ought to. We just speak that over him right now. When this cloth comes to him, there will just be a, an, a, an increase, anointing to carry with him. So we thank you. We praise you. We look for a good report in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus. far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make